Hello, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studios. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, and I'm looking forward to sharing my friend, Coach Kyle Robinson. He is the head women's volleyball coach at Quinnipiac University, and I really just thought his outlook on life and team building would be valuable to all of us. So please listen carefully. He discusses how volleyball has been an important catalyst to all things in his life. We'll touch on the idea of decluttering and how valuable that can be. And he does remind us to put it down, close the computer, rich conversation in the topic of self-care coming your way. Thank you for tuning in and we appreciate you listening. everyone. Thank you for tuning in this week to Living Well While Living Online. I am your host, Tammy Riley, and today I'm really looking forward to this conversation with Quinnipiac University's head women's volleyball coach, Kyle Robinson. Kyle, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, Kyle is newer to Quinnipiac, uh, last couple of years now probably, and we don't get to see each other too often on campus, but I really love our conversations. We talk about really interesting things somehow, and yeah, it's just always engaging. So I really was interested in bringing you in because, first of all, you describe yourself as a husband, a father, a teacher, and a humanitarian, which I love. And I think you really do have a pulse on what's happening with self-care and being a leader and a role model to a younger generation sure. and yeah, just some overall all ways to, to live life healthy and well. So yeah. I'm, yeah, so I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you. I Thanks for uh, putting up with my uh, random conversations and <laughs> sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm a little out there and it's kind of all over the place, but uh I like when people listen. <laughs> I love that. To speak, you know. <laughs> okay, so before we get into it, we know you're a volleyball coach, but just tell us a little bit, your bio, anything you want to share with the listeners, just give us a little idea about who you are. And I, I think your family is really important. So maybe, you know, even I didn't go into detail, you know, you have four kids, like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, um, just born and raised down in uh, Philly, Philadelphia, and um uh, Learned how to play volleyball late in high school and um, just fell in love with it. And really that has been the catalyst for everything good in my life. Mm -hmm. So um, being a hood kid and, and a city kid to go from, uh, you know, a city environment to having this sport, um, you know, at 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, that um, really, uh, I guess, set a path for my life. Um, that's That's been my main kind of... Uh, thing, you know, so um, went to school, LIU, uh, Southampton when it was there um, and finished up there in 98, uh, went overseas to play pro for three years before coming back and um, joining the U.S. national team. That's where I met my wife, um, again, all through volleyball. Um, and then we got married and or yeah, met my wife, um, then girlfriend at the time in Colorado Springs. And then we got married in 2006. You should uh, know that. Yeah, I shouldn't know that. <laughs> but um, I was going to blame COVID, you know. Um, but yeah, 2006 and, and had a few kids kind of right away, 2008, 2010. And we actually moved back to New York from Colorado, uh, where I was the head coach at LIU Brooklyn. 
and I uh, had a really nice career there. You know, uh, my start in, in collegiate coaching started actually in Colorado Springs at the Air Force Academy, which I learned a ton there and super appreciative of, you know, that opportunity to kind of help mold my life in a different way. But then being able to come back home and bring all the things I'd learned kind of back to the East, back to Brooklyn um, was really powerful for me because I always tell people like, you know, I was kind of um, forged in the streets of Philly, but honed on the streets of Brooklyn, you know, Uh. and I love Brooklyn um, and Philly. So, um, yeah, I had a nice career there at LIU Brooklyn. Um, Great leadership and great people who mentored me along the way. And I want to say it was 2015 is when we left there to go to Oklahoma, uh, the University of Oklahoma, for a coaching opportunity out there with uh, one of my mentors to work with him was super important to me. And uh, yeah, while we were out there, our little family of four grew into a family of five and then really quickly a family of six because we adopted uh, two little ones almost back to back. At least we took them in right away back to back and then it went started the process of adopting them. And then I guess it was, what year are we in? 21. So it was 2019 is when uh, we moved here and uh, my family of six migrated back to the Northeast and yeah, we're, we're on a good path right now and um, loving Connecticut and loving Hamden, um, loving Quinnipiac and um, all that comes with it. So you've traveled a lot, which is really fascinating. And I know you do yeah. love travel. We've definitely talked about that, but that must yeah. be hard with, with a family, right? You know, the move and gathering up, repurposing. Yeah, no. I think, I mean, I see it harder on my wife than anything because in the business, you know, in this business, the uh, athletic coaching business, you get the job and you go and it's almost the spouses who come behind with mm-hmm. the, the trailers and the kids and the dogs and all that stuff. Um, so I think it's been really hard on her as far as the logistics. But, you know, we've lived overseas for many years and, and we do love to travel. So the art of kind of just being able to be comfortable and happy in a, in a place, no matter where you are, um, is not foreign to us. Like we we're OK with. Yeah, OK, we'll pick up and go. So um, I don't know how hard it's been on us, you know, as far as just adapting. Um, Our kids are really resilient, um, which I think is uh, comes from all the traveling we do. Um, You know, you and I have spoken about Nicaragua and Mm -hmm. and done that a bunch with the kids when they were really young and into their maturing or whatever. So um, they're they're pretty good with it. You know, Um, we've learned a little bit how to navigate them having their friend groups and leaving that friend group at such a young age and and growing new ones. And um, certainly technology helps with that now. You know, my son is very much rooted into his friends back in Oklahoma. And thank you to Fortnite for that. You know, (laughs) some parents will be like, oh, anti-Fortnite, anti-video game. And I love it because, you know, now you see during COVID, like that's his social outlet. Um, Mm. Can't be around his peers, his friends. But I, so I think, you know, as I look at that and, and the thought of moving and picking up, cause I, oh God, I look at my house and I've been here 17 years now, it's going to take a bomb to get all this stuff out. Right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's the attitude that you bring clearly, because you said it's the art of being comfortable and happy in a new, in a new place. And so yeah. I think that that must serve you well and make the transitions a little bit easier because, you know, it's never, it's never easy, but it's how you, how you frame it. Right. So sure. it's all about yes, the attitude. Yeah. And, you know, I think we, we've learned a lot, you know, when we, lo- when we moved from Colorado back to Brooklyn or to Brooklyn um, for Jen and back to Brooklyn for me, um, she was pregnant. 
um, we have all this stuff, right? <laughs> and then you move and you go like, do I really need this stuff? Right. You know, and then and since then, every move, you start to declutter your life with stuff you really don't need and stuff that's not serving you or serving other people. So, yeah, we just you just figure it out. Like, you, you know, and I think it would be really hard right now because we love where we are right now. So we've mm-hmm. we've grown as as far as a family, but also grown as far as stuff um, because we love it here and want to be here and plan on being here. Right. Um, but through all these moves, we kind of knew that that probably wasn't going to be home forever. Whereas now we feel like we're home and we, we love the people we're around. Um, and I, I love, I honestly love the leadership at Quinnipiac. I love our president. Um, I love Greg and Billy um, and Sarah. I love the department and great people like yourself, you know? So, um, and this is why we came back, honestly, you know, even after being let go at OU, we could have stayed there. You know, Jen is a nurse practitioner. She's got a great job. I could have figured something out. You know, I was talking about police force, maybe who knew, but um, Northeast is just who we are. You know, the culture, the diversity in Oklahoma is extremely diverse and a great place, but not a ton of culture, um, a different culture. So, um, yeah, the move was kind of easy. It was like coming back to our people, which I hate to say is like my my least favorite saying, because I believe I'm a man of the world. So all our people, you know, but right. I just, I, I'm completely myself when I'm uh, in the Northeast. I think you could be both, right? You could be a collector of people as I am. You have your yeah. community, which is spread out and global, but then you have the place that, you know, yeah, it's a little bit different when you say it that way, right? For yeah. sure. Uh, I think it's, I'm going to use the word interesting. I don't know if it's been good or bad, but you had like one tra- like one really good, solid traditional season. And then the year, and then a year later, as you're getting in your groove as a coach and with a new family on campus, and then all of this hits. So it's been hard, right? You look at some coaches that we've had who've been on campus for years and years. I don't know if it's been harder or easier for them to change the way they do things, right? As everyone has had to. So I don't know if it's made things easier for you, not being able to have those years and years of routine, and this is how I do it here, or if it's like, oh my gosh, when am I ever going to get something normal, right? Because you're always, I feel like this year is a year of starts. And and even though you're in your profession for how many years, I'm in my profession for how many years, we're learning it all over in a new way right now. So how, how has that been working for you personally? And what are your, what are your thoughts around that? Honestly, it, it hasn't, we haven't missed a beat at all. Um, And it's been, in my opinion, super smooth, Um, better than smooth, you know, and I really attribute it to the girls, you know, our, our young women, they're really cool. And um, I find it to be rare that you come in this business, when you go to a new team, you come to a new place and you like right away, you're just like, Oh, okay. Like this is cool. You know, it's always like, I want to get my, my, my girls in here, my right. people. And, you know, our girls were just ready. They were ready for um, a new outlook on life, a new outlook on volleyball, a new perspective. Um, they took to the uh, processes and things we implemented right away. And um, there was never any of that kind of rough feeling, uh, you know, the, that, that period of trying to get comfortable. Um, it didn't last very long. It was, it was very just an easy transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of it to have, you know, the support of, you know, like Greg and Billy and 
to see coaches come out and like enjoy you know the new look of volleyball to see the president show up at games and, and she looks like she's into it you know and it, it's it's made it really easy so um yeah I, I wish I had um I don't wish I don't wish I had kind of sob stories or, or rough stories to tell but it's just been so great and it's like I said like I feel like we're at home this is where we're supposed to be you know from again the team I love our girls I love our team and every one of them which is kind of rare <laughs> the coaches won't tell you that but you're always kind of like there's always like one or two you're like I don't know about this kid I don't know if I want to run but I love our girls you know from that and, and my um my bosses and you know, where we live here, you know, we got lucky and got like, I think our dream house, at least my dream house, like we're in the woods and, you know, we have nature around us. It's very, very peaceful, which is very important for me when I go home. Um, we're just in the right place. So it's just kind of all fit very seamlessly and very quickly. I love that. And also we live in the same neighborhood. So thank you for the shout out to the neighborhood. Yeah. Cause yeah, it is. I think it's great up here too. I agree. Yeah. You feel so removed, like, and you see me running every so often. I feel mm -hmm. so at peace, right? Especially that run that you see me on up in yeah. the woods and there's not mm -hmm. sidewalk, you know, you have to be a little careful, but sure. it's just so beautiful. You could okay. be, you could be anywhere in New England, you know, yeah. it just, it's so removed. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's been almost a full year of, things being different for us because of, you know, this pandemic that we're living through. So in particular, like how, how are your days different, right? For a while you, we couldn't practice at all together. There was no connection. We're all virtual. Um, mm -hmm. Now there is connection in practice. It looks different, but, but we're also home more than maybe we normally were, or especially, you know, as a coach, you're, you're always on, you know, there's no downtime. There's, you know, you're off season, but that doesn't, really make things easier because it's still busy. Right. So, and then there's yep. recruiting. So it's a constant push as a coach of a division, a division one program all year. And so how does your life look different now than what it, what it, you know, traditionally would at this time? Yeah. I, I think, you know, obviously we don't, we're not on a regular schedule, which presents challenges kind of routinely, almost every other day, every day, it makes it tough. And I, I'm, very much a homebody and I would say a believer that as coaches, we don't need to spend as much time in the office as a lot of coaches do. This is my opinion. Um, and I'll, I'm sure I'll get skewered for that, but whatever. <laughs> um, I just, you know, it's just a new age where everything you can do is, is right here in front of us, like this laptop, my our telephones. So, you know, it's like, let's get in and get to work. Let's get our work done and let's get out. Let's go enjoy life. Let's go take a, you know, a breath before we have to be back on later to talk to recruits, you know, back on later to answer a gazillion emails. Um, let's make sure we're um, staying connected as a staff, as just human beings. Let's make sure we're spending time with um, our families, you know, and the people that are important to us before we have to dedicate these random hours of work, you know, you know, late in the day, early in the morning, whatever it may be. Let's make sure we can stay whole as humans before and put that first and not you know, the work stuff. So yeah, it's the scheduling is the big thing. I'm here at the house a lot, but now I'm here at the house a lot with other people. Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, um, yeah, there was a month there was kind of rough. You know, I had all four kids here. I had to, I don't know, I had to try to figure out how to survive. Right. Yeah. 
Um, the two older kids who are 12 and, and 10 are easy. You know, they're responsible. You know, they're well-mannered. Like, you don't have to tell them twice to do things. They're on it. But it's, you know, trying to figure out the pandemic with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. It's like uh, a little crazy because you have to give them attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, early on I was failing miserably, you know, because they weren't in school. They're here. And for me to survive and, you know, be on Zoom calls, answer emails, take telephone calls, all that stuff. You just plop two kids down in front of a TV and, you know, a bunch of snacks and, <laughs> and it, you know, you let them go. And you come back an hour or two later and, you know, the that space they're in is destroyed. And there's, you know, my uh, my five-year-old likes to graffiti on the walls with pencils and crayons. Oh, no. And, you know, your first instinct as a parent is to, like, lose your mind, right? You're, like, just crazy. But, you know, that, that – that's that's the life. Like they don't want to just be locked into a, a basement of just TV and snacks. They want to be active. They want to go. They want to play. And, and that's how they're you know letting that energy out. So um yeah, I mean I, I just I had to figure out how to survive and um, give them the attention that they needed. The little ones and even the big ones also, but really the little ones and until we can get back into school and get back into some type of routine that made sense for us and um, allowed them to be you know healthy and thriving and. Um, and not just uh, vegetables in front of the television. Yeah, I think you're describing what so many people have been going through. You and I just pre-chatted, um, mm. and I said, I feel so lucky that my children are are older and they're mm. not in school. And it's not easy to think about doing your work and you're trying to be professional at your job, but there's no, oh. like, you're literally just turning on your computer and you're at work, right? So there's no like drive in, there's no change, there's no separation, everything is melding together. And then you end up feeling like you're not doing either thing in the way that you really want to do it because you, you know, obviously you empathize with these poor children and they don't want to be in this situation either. So um, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. I think you're right. It's surviving. It's figuring out how to, how to survive it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A lot of people, Sorry, but a lot of people underestimate that little time in the car when you're alone. Yeah, you know, saying like we're 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 close to campus, you and I. So Uh I think for me, it's less than seven minutes. You know, but that little time, I get a lot of thinking done, a lot of preparation done. You know, or coming back the other way after like maybe a long day over at the gym or in the office, I get that little time to decompress Mm -hmm. so I can come be great for my family. Um, and you're right. Now you don't have that because it's just you go from one thing to another without just that little, you know, hiccup of decompression. Yeah. You know? and, that, and that's that's been heavy for me because there's always something going on, you know, um, which I don't I don't necessarily like. I like to not have something going. On. I like to just be able to look out the window and, you know, and look at birds for five minutes, you know, and just kind of decompress. But. I love that you have said that because literally that is my life where I set up my office, my, my desk, it's in the kitchen and I have an office in the house, like a space. And my sister's always like, why aren't you sitting there? Because it doesn't have the same view, the same windows and the light comes in on these sliders. I have a bird feeder out there. I watch the birds and I actually, in the spring, my podcast listeners will remember, I had a hummingbird that visited me every day and I would sit out here and it forced me, which was so great to turn my head away from the computer or to stand up. And that you know, five seconds of a, a hummingbird flitting by yeah. was so important. It was so important to my day, right? Yeah. Just that little break. I, I yeah, love sure. it. 
Oh man, I'm going to show you some of my hummingbird photos. Remind me. I need a good hummingbird uh, feeder if you can recommend something. Well, I, I, look, I, I have a plant. I'm going to tell you what plant to get because it's the okay. cana that they really like. And I just put it and they flew. And I had one that came every day, but mm. I had three different kinds over the course of the summer that would come. So yeah, I'll share my hummingbird tricks with you for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that car ride is really important. And, and more importantly, whatever it is, right? Whether it's people who get to walk to work or walking from your office or whatever mm -hmm. it is, that space is really, really important for our, yeah. our mm -hmm. mental health. Um, so with your, you know, everyday things that still have to happen as a professional and you are, you know, kind of mentoring a team of young women and keeping them healthy mentally and physically and, and in the game as much as they can. Right. And mm -hmm. then you have you, your team at home and, and dealing with that. Now, what happens for you? So how, right. This is what, what all of this is about. I know as an athlete, you know what it's like to be fit and to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you, obviously that's your mantra with your teammate, your, your women that you coach. Sure. But other things that comprise your self-care, other things that important are important to you, how are you fitting them in now with, with all of this? And, and what is it that works for you? Yeah, you know, I've done more. I, I love projects. Um, okay. And I, usually my major project is working in the yard. I love perennials. Um, this comes back from my days working for a, a nursery in uh, Manhattan when I was back in uh, just out of college or whatever. Um, and that's usually my thing. You know, like I'll come home from work and before I even go in the house, I'll do another hour, two hours out in the yard. Ah. But now that we're in this house where, you know, that we're in, um, everything is mature. Everything is like beautiful here. So I didn't have a, a ton of projects in the yard. Um, so I started building stuff. Mm. Um, so I probably built, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I built a couple tables, a desk, uh, I'm in the middle of building like a little, um, how should I say it to you to make sure it's legal? Yeah, a, a little guest house, but it's, it's actually a shed. Um, yeah, I am just have all these projects we're just building. We won't tell zoning. Yeah, don't tell zoning. But, um, no, it's, it's, under, it's under regulation. I'm doing it. Um, yeah, you know, I just do things like that to, um, to not think about volleyball. Mm. Um, and, and I don't want to, and I don't mean volleyball as in the team, but just not about volleyball. I right. think a lot as coaches, sometimes we obsess about our sport where I can go and work on the house out back or work on a table that I'm building and think about the girls and kind of what do they need and what, are, you know, not the X's and O's of what we do. Um, or I can even think about our family and, you know, planning our next trips or, um, you know, where do we want to be, you know, in a month or, or different little things. Um, but it takes my mind away from all the clutter of work, you know, all the, the volleyball stuff, the volleyball chatter, you know, how could we have been better at this match or, um, how do we make this play better? You know, I, I don't, I hate, well, and I've never really been, but I never wanted to be that obsessive about the game, you know, and I love the game and I've played the game at a high level. I've coached at a high level, but there has to be balance, right? There has to be shutting things off and just focusing on other things that are important. Um, and that's just the way I, I choose to shut it off. I have projects and, um, and I, I just love building. I love working with my hands and creating things. And, you know, like you see the tables that I build and the desk and hopefully, you know, 
we can get some sun and get the snow melted off. You know, the uh, the guest shed will be like done, and and it's just cool to look and say like, yeah, I did that. You know, mm. um, and it's it's almost the same as when you, when you build a team. Right. You know, the pride. I, I love to win, and our our you know the girls on the team will tell you like we don't talk about winning much. Um, because really the most important thing is the legacy of what we're doing for me, at least, um, the wins will come and go, but if you can, um, build strong relationships and, you know, um, things that the girls really kind of want to hold on to for the rest of their lives. And the next thing you know, it's 10 years later and they're inviting you to their weddings and, you Mm -hmm. know, kids after you or whatever, which would be cool. No one's ever done that, but you know what I mean? Like, those are the things that are real to me. So, um, right. you know, just, you're just building, you're building, um, a legacy, building relationships. Um, and that's just what I do on the other side of it is just little projects where I build and create to keep my mind off of the, the craziness of work. I love and respect that so much. You hit, and this is what I really appreciate about you a few times about you know, not having to spend every second in the office and feeling the guilt and pressure or obsessing and, you know, getting home and finding that distance. And you described it, which I was going to bring up the, the idea of balance. And I, it seems like you are naturally good at making sure there is balance for you and for those around you. Right. And, and that's hard. I don't think that's an easy thing to do. Do you think you've always been this way? Is it innate in you or did you have to work at that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always had, um, I would say really good perspective on life, you know, um, especially when I started living overseas and traveling overseas, like, you, you know, you see, you start to see things from a different lens. At least I believe you start to realize that you're not more important than anyone else. Like, you know, you get that, you start to be a little bit more humble and more empathetic and, um, and not, um, narcissistic about your living. You know, you start to realize like, oh, there's other things out here and you start to create that balance. I, well, I should say if you're open to receiving that, you know, cause a lot of people will travel and they never open to receiving all that, that other perspective. Right. So, um, I, I just think from all that, that traveling and living abroad, um, it's given me different perspectives on different things in life. Um, and it just helps me balance out things. It helps me remember um, that it, it can it can all go away at any moment, and it can be great one day and horrible tomorrow. And um, you just have to be thankful and, and uh, appreciative and honor the moments that you have. And um, so I, I don't know if it's always been my natural thing, but um, it definitely is the foundation of kind of um, the last few teams I've coached and, and have been a part of. I love that. It just seems so healthy, right? And again, nothing against the, you know, really super intense because it it is a job and even mm-hmm. your student athletes are there to do a job, right? So, mm-hmm. but it really is um, you know, it's what they're what they're going to take with them throughout the rest of their life and for you to impart a little bit of that, you know, there's there has to be room for the other stuff, which a student sure. athlete has so much pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, they might have an, a scholarship through you. They might have an academic scholarship. They have, mm-hmm. you know, different guidelines and uh, rules that maybe their parents are putting on them. Whatever it is, there's so many things. And I see them, you know, they get caught up in it sometimes and it's hard. So 
at least when they have a coach that's practicing some boundaries and some balance, I think that that can naturally, you know, show them that they can still take what they do super seriously and be really good at it. But yeah. at the same time, there's room for the silly, the fun, and and it's okay to step away from from volleyball. Um, totally. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I, I use I use volleyball honestly as just the key um, to open doors to other things in people's lives. You know. Um, this is what I, I believe I was truly, this is the gift I was given to give to the world, you know, that, that sort of thing, um, which is volleyball. And, um, yeah, I just, I use that to, um, help people understand that, Hey, yeah, there, we can be really good at something and then we can apply that to other things in our life, you know? So, um, you know, we talk about with really a lot with our recruits when we're recruiting people. Um, but then our girls, once they get here, they understand it, that we want you to be really good at volleyball and we're super intense in the gym. But then we also want you to balance that off with, we call the trifecta. So it's this balance of three, but be really intense in the gym because that's work. And then once work hours are over, go be really intense and competitive in the classroom and then go be really intense and competitive on a social scale. So the athletic, the academic and the social become our balancing kind of wheels um, that we rotate around. And it, it just, there's always a time and a place, right? There's a time and a place for work and we're going to go give it, you know, a million percent, you know, we're going to give everything we have. And then when it's work hours are over, you know, business is done. Let's go to the next thing, academics, academics. You, you got all your schoolwork. You were competitive in, in the classroom today and you, know, you, you tried to be at your best. Move on to the social. Are you a good teammate? Are you a good sister? Are you a good partner? You know, I think even on that side, it, that's kind of tough for young people to hear. They're like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, hey, don't go to like, you know, the parties, like the worst parties. Go to the best parties. If people hear like, what do you mean partying? Like, no, I'm not telling you you have to be like, you know, drink the, the, the town dry. Just if you're going to go do it, go do something well and do it with people that are good, solid people. And people that care about you and people that are looking out for you on a higher level, you know, mm -hmm. classes that are going to challenge you to be better and challenge you to um, to really think and, and, and kind of bring out the best side of you. Don't just take woodshop just to get the easy A. That that doesn't make any sense. You know, like take woodshop because you love it and go build like the best table ever, you know. So um, it's just, you know, trying to trying to be excellent in a lot of different facets of life but also knowing that each each one has its own place. Yeah, I love that. I mean, so many of us need to practice more of that because we get so caught up in, especially now we're home and the computer, you're always, you turn your computer on, right? I'm at my kitchen table, it becomes my desk instantly. So I'm always at work now, right? Mm -hmm. We're home, you're at work. So, right. so finding that balance gets harder and harder. We know as a professional, we think, um, you know, if things are so intense and we can't because the whatever it is will not happen without me. And, you know, we, we just have those moments. But I think it is about still giving the intensity, but giving the intensity and finding a way to do it through all of the things in a, in a healthy way. Because yeah. if we don't have the social piece, oh, my gosh, like what what fun is there in life? And, you know, we need those connections and those people. It's so, so very important. I know for myself, so important. I've had my my crew for a long time. I don't know what I would do without them. Right. So yeah, those are, those are really solid things to put 
to put as a foundation, right, for all of us, um, but especially your your young women. This is really nice to hear that. I don't know. Like you just hope, right? As a mom, I hope that when your kids are in college, like these are the things that are important. This is why you go to college. It's, I mean, yes, the degree is nice, but to me it's, you know, about learning all these other life lessons, about the balance, Mm -hmm. about the intensity, about, you know, finding a healthy relationship and what does that mean? You know, it's somebody that makes you better, whether it's your best friend or, Mm -hmm. you know, your partner, you know, romantic relationship, it's someone that brings out the best in you. And I think that's hard. It's hard to understand all of that. So, well, yeah. and certainly as a parent, I mean, it's parenting is scary, right? I mean, your kids are older than mine, but I'm starting to see my older two. Um, they're maturing and changing, and it's scary. You know, I'm hoping that they get out to the world and have people in their lives that are going to help enhance them to be bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hoping that the foundation my wife and I are, are giving them or helping them. Um, achieve sets them on good paths, but you, you just never know. You so it's uh, yeah, I'll just, I, and you know, we can only control what we can control. Um, so I just, I'm conscious of trying to do my part to be as best for my family, for our team, for um, you know, people who whose lives I, lives I affect, and um, you just hope for the best, I guess. And yourself, and myself, yeah, I'm. I, I think I'm pretty good at taking care of myself. You know, I, I make sure to, to give some time for me almost every day. Okay, um, good. And whether that's uh, like, I'm a big believer. Everyone should be napping every day, <laughs> every day. And that's, okay. you know, that's that international living, right? You know, like I don't yep. care if it's Nicaragua and it's siestas or if, you know, living in Greece and, and, and Belgium, like everyone, when it, it's weird to see a town shut down, you know, for like three or four hours a day. And you're like, where is everyone? And they're like, they're home, like eating, taking naps, dude. Like, that's a thing. You're like, yeah, that's a thing. And then once you get into that groove, you're like, this is nice. Because a lot of their, a lot of that energy comes in the evenings, you know, long meals or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of outdoor things, you know, which I love. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you learn that you have to take some time for yourself. And I think naps are a big thing, even if even if you're taking these 15, 20 minute power naps or um, meditating, um, go on the walks, go out in the nature, go um, find things that center you and bring you peace. I, I think you have we all should be doing that. So I'm, I'm pretty good at taking some time out for myself. So one of the things that I normally Um, ask everybody that I have these conversations with, and this totally relates to it. So I'm just going to segue into it right now is, are you good at being your own friend? And what you just described to me sounds very much like you are right. That you are, you were very confident, like, no, I take care of myself every day. And I know I did that. That's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, you would encourage and do for your friend or remind your friend. So do you ever think of yourself as your own friend? What do you, what are your thoughts when I say it that way? Are you your own best friend? Um, yeah, I would, I would say I am. And I think about it probably not as much now as I did, let's say 10 years ago mm-hmm. um, when I was a little bit younger and or maybe even 15 to 20 years ago when you're, you're really trying to find yourself and, and find your place in the world. And you have to learn to be comfortable in your own skin, you know, and just accept yourself and love yourself for who you are. And I think that's tough. You know, it's tough when you have all these influences coming at you and, and you want to fit in and you want to be part of this crew. And, you know, like, 
you know, life is just tough. And even now with our kids, and um, even though yours are a little bit younger, they're still in that digital age where there's a lot of these kind of influences that are pushing against their maybe own identity. So um, maybe even part of me feels uncomfortable saying I'm my own best friend. So I almost feel like it's like a narcissistic thing, but I know what you mean. I, I get what you're saying, and, and and I am. I'm very, I'm happy with my life, and I'm happy with the the human that I am. Um, but I'm also happy that I'm always striving to be better than what I am right now, um, which I think is important. You know, um, when you can take a a serious look at yourself and and a critical look at yourself, a fairly critical look at yourself, and and just say, hey, yeah, you could be better in these areas you know, devise a plan and go for it. So I would say I'm a pretty good friend of myself. I love that. Thank you. I, I like to ask that because I think, you know, we're usually, for most of us, are our hardest and our harshest critics. So I love you've, you know, given yourself some grace. And then you also, you know, if you're still doing what you need to do, you need to be learning and growing. And, you know, that's still really important as opposed to the self-talk that I often see and work on not doing myself as in you didn't do this good enough or you should have done this. And why did you do that? And the, you know, and those where, you know, that's the moments where if you went to your best friend, they'd be like, come on, that's not so bad. And so, okay, you did this, but now we'll just, you know, work on it. That's how we talk to our best friend. And we're not always very good at that. So, um, I think it is important and it is why I bring this up in every conversation. I think we need to learn how to be our own best friend that mm-hmm. uh, your statement of being comfortable in your own skin with who you are. That's, that's huge. That's so mm-hmm. huge. And people struggle with that, right? Like sure. I just look and you talk about the influences. You look at what our children are seeing and growing up with perfection on social media and, mm-hmm. you know, manipulating the, with the filters or, you know, young children or young people even getting surgeries and, you know, we're never satisfied. So I just think um, that we can't talk about it enough. And I love, you don't have to feel guilty or narcissistic at all. It's where I think we all should be going with the conversation is we need to learn to be our own best friend. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, It's um, the world has changed. We know that, you know, we all sit around and go, oh, it's changed. Well, yeah, it's changed, but a lot of us know what um, the world was like when it was different. And if you can just take some of those values and just, you know, bring them with you into this new world and just apply them, we could still love ourselves in a really, um, I don't know, simple way. Just, just mm. it doesn't, everything else is kind of fake. The, the, the social media stuff, it's, it's maybe fake's not the right word, but it's, it's superficial. Right. You know, that I don't care how many followers I have or how many people like a photo, you know, um, I care how many people will come and sit at my dinner table and, and, you know, be honest with me and be direct with me and give me a different point of view, but still love me, you know, for who I am and um, make me cry and make me laugh and, you know, all those things. So we just try to we try to keep our family. Same thing with our team. We're very, very direct and honest with them, uh, which I think is extremely important because it builds, you know, this level of trust that helps you, I don't know, I guess I'm off, but just helps you kind of um, stay centered with all this and stay centered with what's real. Yeah, no, it's so, it's so huge. I love it. I love and appreciate all of this. Um, And then I, I think I just have one more thing I, I would love to have your thoughts on. You know, we look at 
this time of change and and how as humans, you know, you've already described your love for learning and growing and I I share that as well. So yeah. so now that we've been doing this, quote unquote, whatever this is for a year, right? Just about mm-hmm. a year. What do you think you're going to take from from this time that we we can't get rid of, right? So some things we had to change and adapt and we didn't, it's not the way, right? You want to have a full team on the court all the time if you're practicing, not these short little pods and right. So there's certain things, but yeah. what do you think will, will stay now that you've started practicing it or your team or your family or, um, things that maybe you wouldn't have considered in the past. And now they're going to be a part of, of your life. Cause they make sense. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like for our team, things have changed much when it comes to how we do things and um, just adapting to COVID. Um, We've been very adamant about not spending a ton of time on Zoom and not trying to reinvent our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I thought it was really important early on to just get out of their way, like let them go be and let them, you know, go try to figure this thing out without inundating them with more stuff. You know, I, I think for me, what I hope we are, is I think more connected with each other and appreciative of each other as people. And I think our, our team had already done a really good job at that, but I think this will only enhance them a little bit more. We've been also very adamant about remembering the organic things of life, you know, remembering that this whole Zoom thing is not real. This is inanimate. This is just um, a vessel tool that we're using, but close it, put it down and go do things in life that create real things that create real change, whether it's me building something or, you know, we're encouraging our girls to go like paint a picture, go learn how to play guitar, go learn another language, go like do some real things in life that you can say like on the other end of this. Yeah. I just spent a year and a half in COVID and I learned how to speak French, Mm. you know, Go do things that 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 makes sense and and that will enhance your life and the other and other people's lives, you know. Because if you look even through history, you know a lot of great things have come from really bad situations. You know, um, great music from during the twenties, thirties, even to the forties. So through like the Great Depression into the World Wars, like you know, there's and I and I love music. Music is is my passion, but one of my passions. But you know, great blues guitars came out of like the great depression or great art that was, you know, done in the 1800s. Like, you know, there could be some really great things that come through or come on the other side of COVID or the pan, our pandemic, this pandemic. Um, But I don't believe we can get there if we're just committed to this whole digital world and and zoom and, and that's all it is. So, um, that's what I hope is that something organic and real comes out of it. Uh, when we look back and we go, yeah, 2020 into 2021 was really some tough times, but look what happened. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're pushing our, our seniors right now or not pushing them, but we've helped open some doors for them to possibly go play overseas after it's done, you know, and I would love for like, you know, Gabby to show up and go like, yeah, you know, I just played a year in Spain and thanks for, you know, pushing me into like taking uh, Spanish during the pandemic and, you know, I'm going to stay for about five to 10 years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. organic that'll really change her life. Um, that's what I hope will come at the other end of the COVID. I love that. 
Yeah, making the most of of the moments, right? And creating some real out of, um, you know, it's hard because the online thing is really draining and, and, you know, these poor students have no choice but to be on it for, you know, their academic classes. And then, you know, it's your clubs. A lot of your uh, student athletes are involved in many clubs and organizations and all of those meetings are online, right? So, so it is, but that reminder to, to close it and step away and, and, to touch and create and, and yeah. grow. I think, um, I think those are things that are definitely timeless. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You say that my son was sitting at the table. He was here the other day and he's learning Japanese. Love it. So he was telling us all about the three, you know, the alphabets and the, and I was like, okay, you know, this is yeah. gotta be learning, gotta be growing. I don't know what yeah. he's going to do with it, but, but awesome. You know, if you're yeah. passionate about it, yeah. Who the heck knows? <laughs> well, like, you know, my first year living in Belgium, they were like, why are you learning Dutch? Like, no one speaks Dutch anyplace else. And I was like, well, that's it. No one speaks it where I'm from. And um, I want to be part of this community that I've just signed on to, to work mm-hmm. in. So, um, yeah, you know, and now I'm proud that, you know, when I speak to my, my Dutch parents, who were the people I lived with my first year, and some of the guys I played with in, uh, you know, at the club, I can communicate with them in their language and it's not clean and it's, it's very uh, rough at times, but at least it's something that we have, you know, and it's something mm-hmm. that um, no one can really take away from you. So him learning Japanese and next thing, you know, he'll be in uh, Tokyo. Who knows? Right. Like, I mean, it is a great city. I would love to go back. Great. City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, Kyle, thank you for just sharing your philosophies, your life, you know, the reality. I love it. I love it all. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Kyle, so much gratitude to you for the time that you took. Uh, We really appreciate all that you shared. So much information to process. Next week, I'm excited to bring you a friend of mine. We are heading to Italy, so venturing out of the country again. Sarah Morelli will be having such a fun conversation with us. You're going to learn some amazing facts about her. But what I love most, this is a completely different idea for us here. We are going to talk about the freak out as a moment of self-care. So I'm just going to plant that little seed. So make sure you do not miss. Uh, So important. So once again, thank you for spending time with us, living well while living online. As your host, Tammy Riley, I am really so grateful for all the time that you have taken to spend on our episodes. And also a big shout out to the team, to Michael Bachman, who's the producer, David DeRoche, the executive producer, Heather Popovics, who works on our social media, and thank you to Scott Holmes for the theme music. For all of you listeners, to learn more about our podcasts, please visit qu.edu slash podcast. And you can listen to all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at QUPodcasts. And feel free to send us an email at QUPodcasts at QU.edu. So until next week, my friends, please be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.